This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Welcome back once again to On the Block. This is the second hour. Three o'clock. We're going to start off with a topic to uh, Rico today, man. Um, can I announce look, the Can I announce the controversy? I know, I, I know, I know you're going to. I got to. I got to announce the controversy. This is on me. This is my fault. This is my fault. Uh, update on the scoring system for for shootout with Strick. Layup worth two. So the first question is worth two. Free throws worth one. Three pointer three. Half court worth four. Strick got the first three questions right for a grand total of six points. Caller got the second question, which is one point, and the last question with his four points right. So he had five points. So technically, Strick won the game. We did give away the stricken, but on the record books, it will show a win for Eric Strickland. Just clearing everything up. That's on me. That is my fault. Eric Strickland gets the win. We will we'll count it. I'll write it on the board correctly, and now we'll move past it. And and uh, now that I understand the full scope of the, uh, I, I literally just be playing. So that goes to show you how, <laughs> how my game is. I'm shooting. I'm just shooting. I don't Buckets. care where from. You give me the ball, I'm, I'm shooting. I don't score. care. <laughs> <laughs> it's going so, up. Shots yeah, going up. We're getting buckets I'm today. Going it up. I don't care where it's at. I'm shooting. Um, but no, man. Let's. Uh, you know, one of the things, man, uh, Rico, and I sent. I, you know, I just shared this information with you, and um, you know, again, Soderham and text line. You, you know, a lot of people I think are dealing with this issue. I think it's a taboo issue, especially, especially in, um, uh, especially in sports, um, when you're dealing with mental health. And the reason I wanted to touch this topic because I ran across, uh, you know, an article dealing with, um, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and how he actually was fighting off uh, the, 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 the demons and the badness of, of uh, mental health issues that almost led him to on the verge of quitting, retiring. And the reason why it hits it hit home, Rico, is I'm reminded of a time when I literally almost broke down myself. Um, it's something that we don't talk about. It's, it's hard for us to deal with. Um, it's it's sometimes hard to even share with someone close to you, to share with a brother or share with a friend. It's like there's really not a, not a place for us to be able to go. I will say one of the best things that we had and one of the best things that Danny Nee did for us as a, uh, a university uh, and as a basketball program was having a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Jack Stark that, um, you know, was a, a psychologist that we were able to communicate with and sit down with and, and, and allow us to be able to share some of the, the, the pains and issues that we may be dealing with. So that was uh, something that he was ahead of his time in doing. So in that, you know, Giannis has come to a point where, you know, he felt the pressure, he felt overwhelmed. Um, he hears the comments and this is coming from a, a, a young man that, that made the track of, you know, coming out of Africa into Greece and, 
you know, being in Greece, coming as, as a poor uh, immigrant family. Um, and now, you know, he's on the verge of landing at the time, one of the biggest contracts at 200 and uh, I think $43 million, no, $228 million extension that he signed. And then as he's walking around, you're hearing him talk about, or people saying, man, that's the, that's the best player in the world. That's Giannis, you know, and you're hearing this stuff and the weight of that pressure uh, was just mounting up on him and almost led him to retire. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, just tell us kind of, uh, is this, is this, is this something because the microscope is now on, on, a, on the players probably more so than in any time of their lives uh, uh, than any time before to include Michael Jordan's era and before. Mm -hmm. This is something you got to think about. I know some people want to think that this is something new and that, you know, players before weren't dealing with mental health crises and issues, but this is something that's been going on for forever. For as long as sports has been a thing, there have been the pressures of continuing that sport, the pressures of being the best player in the world, the pressures of continuing, you know, a team's winning streak or something like that. It, it gets to you, and people need – breaks sometimes and that you know you want to think oh that's what the offseason is for but even during the offseason you know you, you've got to stay in shape you know he's saying in this article that he was walking through a hotel and he heard a lady say that's the best player in the world and yeah that's great to hear everybody wants to be the best right you think oh that's amazing you know somebody believes that you're the best player in the world and that should be you know empowering but at the same time he says this and this is a quote directly from from Giannis yeah, it's good to hear that, but that's a lot of pressure. Going through that, in order for you to be the best, you have to play like the best. You have to practice like the best. You've got to carry yourself like the best, which is not easy. As much as people say I'm handling it well because that's my personality, it's hard. That's something that a lot of people probably don't take into account is, yeah, he's the best player in the world in playing basketball on the court, but in practice, he's got to keep that up. Out in the media, he's got to keep that up, and he has to continue to not only – play like the best but improve his game to stay at that level lebron james yeah. spends a million dollars every offseason just to keep his body in tip-top shape and even now you see it's still catching up to him and i'm sure all of that pressure gets to him especially for lebron james being compared to the great ones coming out of high school and actually living up to that living up to that expectation that doesn't happen very often the pressure usually gets to players, and that's what you see. I mean, taking these mental health breaks is extremely important for these players because, as you said, nowadays with social media and the way that everything is recorded, everything is on everybody's phones, and you're a couple of seconds away from your picture being spread across the entire world if you're doing something wrong or if, if you're even if you're just eating dinner and somebody sees you, they take a picture of you, they put it on the Internet, all of a sudden everybody knows what you had for breakfast at 7 o'clock in the morning. There's no there's no escape from any of it. So to be in the public eye that much and, and every single day of your life to be in the public eye, not only is that, you know, pressure packed and, and filled with anxiety and emotions, but then you have on top of that the nationally televised games where you know you're going to be on TV. You know that everybody's going to see you. You leave that. You think, oh, I finally have time to myself. Everybody has a cell phone. You don't have time to yourself. Everybody knows where you are at every single moment of the day, pretty much. So it's it's impossible to get away from it. So I understand the the anxiety and the emotion that these players are are, are going through because that's that's got to be a hard life. Um, you know, I I will say, uh, Rico. I mean, I, I expressed this to um, um, to Austin at one point in time. Um, while we were on the show, because 
I told him, I said, I, I, I'm grateful, uh, Rico, that I've been able to play at all levels. Right. And this is where I say I do give respect to LeBron James. I, 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 this is the area that I give respect to him because from the time that he showed up in high school, that pressure, that that, you know, that weight was continuously on his back um, at a level that probably no one else has had to experience. Right. To include going through a social media age. So uh, that is where I do give him credit. Now, I will say that I was grateful, Rico, that I was able to be a starter. Uh, at the highest levels of basketball at that time. I was grateful that I was able to be a six man. I was grateful that I was able to be a support guy where I, so I've, I've, I got to experience the, the levels of respect that, um, you know, in competing with some of the best to ever do it. Um, I was grateful to be able to obtain that. Right. Um, to include, we were, we were in, a um, in Austin, uh, Michael Jordan used to have a uh, an event. It was a golf thing. So, you know, a lot of us, you know, went down and supported it. Uh, we went down for the, not only the golf, but it was a it was like a celebrity basketball game. One of the greatest honors uh, that I can say I, I fulfilled, I wasn't on Michael Jordan's team initially. Uh, Michael, we were in the gym shooting around before the game started. I had on a different jersey and a different uniform. And uh, MJ says, uh, looks at the roster and he says, I want Strick on my team. That was one of the greatest honors, I think, (laughs) that, you know, I I could have that he, you know, he respected me enough to say, you know, I I, I want Strick on my team. He recognized your talents. So that that those are the things. And but but the weight, man, and the pressure, um, I can understand it, man, because. You know, I, I don't think I had it from the weight of the pressure of the moments. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was because of like the experiences that I had being out with Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash and, and Mike Finley prior to uh, paparazzi. This is prior to, I believe, even, um, you know, you know, this is when. Princess Diana and the whole situation of paparazzi and just people always standing out, watching, observing, peeping every move, coming out of restaurants and out of the mall and all this stuff. TMZ age, all that. Um, we're just sitting there having a meal. And, um, you know, to have those, you know, just a bunch of people coming up to the table. And, um, you know, I got to see it. But even more, sitting next to Deion Sanders, and we're watching, um, you know, at the time, my stepson, uh, Junior, playing at SMU, and just watching a treasure trove of people just continuously come up to you. Uh, it can either make you great or it can either break you. And so to have Giannis to express that, I think it could bring a lot of healing, Rico, to a lot of people. I, you've seen and you've seen more stars come out and say things like this. I mean, Kevin Love, one of the more outspoken ones, talking about the pressures of dealing with with you know everything that comes with being an NBA superstar and how he wanted needed to take a step back and kind of um, get himself together and get his mind together. And that that helped and caused a bunch of other NBA stars to step forward and say, "Hey, we're also dealing with these things, and we you know we would like some time to to, to get our minds right." Because it's, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it must be to play at that level and try to keep that same type of intensity for an entire season throughout the offseason, keeping yourself in top physical condition to continue at whatever level you've been playing. Because the thing is, if, you, if you're a superstar and you stop playing at that level, if you drop off even a little bit, 
you could find yourself out of the league and out of out of everything that you've worked so hard for in an instant. I mean, yeah. my my favorite player, Carmelo Anthony, he's been out of the league two separate occasions. This let you know a couple of years ago he he came back towards the end of the season. This year he didn't play a single game. It wasn't on a roster at all. And that's just the so, part of the part of the pressures of keeping yourself in in not only tip top shape but keeping your game at a level where you can continue to to be an asset. And if you don't do that, if you're not doing that, the pressure of all of that getting into you and like, hey, if you're not doing this, somebody's going to pass you by and you're going to find yourself jobless. Let me ask you this question then. Um, th- you know, this is one also for the uh, the Sutter Hammond text line. Um, and we can take a call if time permits as well. I think we've got enough time. If you want to take a call to mm-hmm. to express your thoughts on it, I've I've seen on the text line some people have, you know, a negative thought towards it with regards to the fact that you're making all this kind of money. I mean, I to me, I don't think that nullifies the mental aspects of how it plays on you. I mean, just just look at how um, Osaka broke down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just just some people when they reach a pinnacle, it's just tough for them to handle. Um, uh, others have broke down. I even think Tiger Woods has broke down, you know, just say mm-hmm. what you will about it. I think mentally he's broken as well. Um, but this is the one I want to throw out to you as I, well. Andrew so, uh, Wiggins had to, line. Andrew Wiggins had to take he's some dealing time with it even he, right now. And the problem, yeah, the problem yeah. is you take some time. And this is, this is also a part of it. You're in the public eye so much. He takes some time away to get his mind right. And rumors start circulating about why he's actually taking time off. People are saying, oh, it's not because he needs, you know, a mental health break. It's not because his mind is right. It's because this, that, and the other with his family life. This is why he's taking a break. The Warriors have to come out and say, no, that's not true. He has to come out. His family has to come out and say, no, none of this is true. But the people starting these rumors don't realize that he's taking this break for his mental health and spreading these rumors is not helping that. That causes him to take an even longer break which causes even more rumors to swirl. And it's just a vicious circle of being in the public eye and just trying to do something to better yourself and having people just take shots in the dark at why you're actually doing something. Yeah, I think it's really hard. I, and I think it's hard for, you know, some of us to grasp and get a hold of. Um, I don't care at what level you're at. I mean, you, you can look at Elon Musk or you can look at, you know, being the president of the United States or you can, whatever the case may be, the scrutiny and the pressures that come with that. I mean, it can, it can, it over the, over the course of time, it can break. Uh, and then you have, you know, social media and trolls and all kinds of people that are, you know, uh, dropping on you and, and just dumping on you. I mean, you know, there, there's bullying systems out there too, that, you know, people have literally, you know, given of themselves. Um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I don't want to just be airing yep. that, but you know, they've given of themselves because somebody, you know, has spread something, put something out, threw something out there. There's, there's a lot of that pressure as well. But this is what I wanted to throw at you. Um, is this something that probably underlying that maybe Zion Williamson is dealing with? Oh, it's definitely maybe something. Maybe this is like not that. being expressed because of the pressure and the weight oh, no, it's definitely of you something. being the next guy. He yeah, was he he was also not to the same level as LeBron coming out of high school, but he was getting all of that hype he was the number one recruit he went to Duke he was going to be the number one pick regardless it didn't really matter what he could have sat out the entire season he would have been the number one pick regardless and then that pressure of okay you're going to New Orleans with a nice young core they're adding you it should be you know this that and the other and you'll be good to go he gets injured 
he he comes back. This is his first year. He gets injured. He comes back. He does well for a little bit, gets re-injured, and people say, oh, well, next year he'll be great. He starts the year pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. solid, gets injured again. Oh, well, well, you know, it, this is fine. Next year, next year he'll come back. He'll be healthy. He'll be good to go. And then this season, you, you don't really see much of Zion, if really at all. And now is when the – and you've heard it before um, – is he really hurt? Is he is he a hundred percent? Is he just is he just sitting out because he he you know doesn't want to do this or he doesn't like playing in New Orleans and you know all of the fat jokes that he was getting when he first got there and oh he's in New Orleans and he's gonna eat all this and he's gonna eat himself out of the league this that and the other. It's it's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot for a guy who was was dubbed another great one coming out of high school, going to Duke, doing all of that. You know, one of the more athletic, you know, massive human beings that we've ever seen in the league. And to to not be healthy and to have to sit on the sideline and watch your team play and to tell people to tell people my body is good, but my mind still isn't in it. And I don't feel like Zion. And for people, professionals in the media his, his his own teammates to come out and say, oh, well, even if you're not 100 percent, you still got to give for your team because, you know, this is what we do. You know, you know, C.J. McCollum, I love C.J. McCollum, but for him to say, you know, I'm I'm hurt and I'm still playing in this playoff game. I don't know. And he's not calling Zion out by name, but he's pretty much calling him out to say he's hurt and still playing. And, you know, even if you're hurt, you need to do this for your teammates. I I, I don't agree with that. If he's not mentally all there. I don't think he should have to put himself out there to re-injure himself possibly because then he's out for an even longer period of time. Yeah, and 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 let's be real about it, man, as we as we press on. If you guys have any thoughts on it, love to hear your perspective uh calling in as well 402-464-568. But have you experienced it? Is this something that you've dealt with or something that you've seen been close to? Um I I will say that another aspect of it too is just after after it's all said and done, when the lights turn off, I think a lot of, um, you know, former athletes uh, experience some form of a depression or some form of, um, you know, you know, mental issues when they when the routines change, you know, when when, you know, you kind of been used to being in a specific routine and then boom, there's a change of that routine um, and the lights are no longer on or when you step out on the scene, a lot of times, let's be real about it, man. Um, it's what have you done for me lately? It's, it's, um, you know, uh, out of sight, out of mind, (laughs) you know, this stuff happens a lot. And if you're locked in the fact that, you know, you live in, in the, who you were, uh, as the player, you know, you, because it's different, it's different, the player strict and the, and, and the person strict, Mm -hmm. right. The player strict, you know, switches on and, and it's similar to like a character. So that's why I think it's tough too, is the aftermath when it's all said and done. I don't care if it's in entertainment, uh, music business. I don't care what it is in, in any aspect. It's when those lights turn off and, and, and the, uh, the schedules change is also a possibility for this to happen. I mean, I, I, I ran D2 track. It's nowhere near the level of, of a professional athlete or division one athlete. And when my career running was over, just that first, you know, you you go into the uh, into the summer months, and it's you know you're still working out, you're kind of doing your own thing, and then the school year starts because I still had a half a year to go. The school year starts, and I see, you know, one of my roommates was still was still running, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to practice," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, we got to go." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't, I don't have to go to practice. I'm not, I'm not on the team anymore. I'm I'm done." And it just 
it throws everything off. And like you said, I don't, I don't think I was in a depressive state, but I was just in a state of mind of like, well, now what? Now, now what do I do? Like all I've done for for yeah. four years in college, four years in high school, you know, two years in in middle school, and and multiple summers is is be an athlete and run track and play football and do this and do that, and now. I'm just working on my degree. Like I don't have a sport to do and it, it, it throws yeah. everything off and your mind just kind of wanders and it's like, okay, what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life before, you know, you start getting a job and getting back into a routine. It's just, it's a strange feeling. And I can't imagine, you know, being at the pinnacle and, and having that thought. Yeah. Uh, great, great stuff. It's just something that we wanted to tap in as we go into the, uh, uh, the weekend, we always deal with sports, but there's so many facets, uh, Rico, and, and those who are listening uh, to sports and, and to the game and, and to the whys and to the, you know, uh, the will that people have in order to do what they do at the levels that they do it. So uh, this is just one that, that, that was close to me because of how close <laughs> uh, I came to, um, you know, my, the whole the whole trajectory of my career could have changed at that moment, you know, had I just decided to walk away. And so I'm glad that Giannis did not uh, make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see he's still one of the greatest uh, at this time to, to to play the game. I love how he's developed. And then we'll just keep our eyes on others as they continue to come through. Uh, but Victor Wimanyama is going to be that same. He's going to have that same type of eye and scrutiny. He's got a and, lot and of pressure. Of pressures. He's got a lot yeah, of pressure so, coming in. So we'll, so we'll yeah. see. Uh, well, joining us uh, next, we're going to have Andrew Alex uh, that's going to you know chime in and tap in. We'll talk about some NBA uh, playoffs, maybe a little bit of MLB. Um, we'll, we'll get into a few things with him, and, and uh, then we'll finish it off with a crossover with the Old School crew. We'll be right back. 93.7 The Ticket, Old School. Um, on the block, on the block. Mm-hmm. 